0: Welcome back to It's a Scream, a horror podcast dedicated to all things horror. My name's
1: Tamika, And my name is Ashley. And today we are talking about the
0: haunting-centered horror movie, Insidious. Which, if you all don't know, is probably one of the best uh, paranormal movies I've ever watched in my entire life. One of the best of all time
1: that's a pretty bold opinion but if you don't watch a lot of horror movies i i could
0: <laughs> oh that is so oh my god <laughs> i feel personally attacked i don't watch a lot of paranormal paranormal horror uh to yeah fair um so that is a valid thing to say um i i it's okay it's okay actually i forgive you on that one um because I don't I don't watch a lot of paranormal horror. It is probably my least watched horror because it scares the shit out of me. If you don't know what Insidious is, I don't know where you've been. Because Insidious was released in 2010. Um, and they're following uh, a family who have uh, a son that ends up in a coma. And they are experiencing like a haunting within their home. And the mother is very, very... A dramatic about it all and husband almost doesn't believe her in a sense and i love this movie um <laughs> I, i'm gonna just go ahead and put it out there that if you all know my my taste at all you know that i love um the saw franchise and this is in fact written and directed by lee oneell and james wan who also did the saw franchise so i mean that probably is part of the reason i love it so much i love this movie actually what's your what's your opinion on insidious
1: um it's good I think it was like you said, it was written in 2010. So I was just entering high school when this movie came out. And I remember it. I remember like certain scenes almost minute by minute because Mm -hmm. it was so impactful in my movie experience, but also I think in the paranormal genre in general. Yeah. Um, And it's something that I think, regardless of whether you watch horror or even whether you watch haunting movies in general, you could say, Hey, have you seen insidious? And most people are going to say yes.
0: Yeah. I feel like it is a very popular horror movie. And I don't feel like it's given that title. um, Like, I don't feel like it's mainstream just because of whatever reason, I feel like it's actually a good movie and that's why it's so popular and why it is such a mainstream title. Um, And it is getting a fifth installment in 2023 that's currently being written. So, um, this is a series that has continued to, I don't want to say has continued to perform well, um, but something is going on if they're not, they're writing another one. I think I've not watched past the second one. Um, I watched this movie for the first time when I was in middle school, I think, because I didn't graduate in like, middle school until, like, 2011. So, uh, I was probably in middle school when I watched this for the first time. And I remember very clearly watching this movie uh, for a first date whenever I was in high school. So, this this movie, uh, I've seen it more than once. And every time I watch it, I forget how much I loved it. So, I guess... Ooh. We'll start off in the same way um, that we did last
1: episode, and we'll talk about the production quality. Obviously, that, this one has a much, much bigger budget yes. than Grave Encounters did. Uh, but how do you feel like this stacks up as far as production? So this was
0: uh, produced in 2010, so I do take that into account whenever I'm looking at the quality because what we have now compared to uh, what we had then is a lot different because our technology has just – Our cameras and things like that have have evolved so much since 2010. Um, But what I'll say is I think that the cinematography in this one is really, really good. So the color grading matched with the atmosphere. So it was like hell, uh, the kind of feeling they were going for. And I love the editing in this. I love how they just all the things they included, the sound production. It was all Really good, in my opinion. I feel like this movie was one of the ones that it, I think part of the reason it's so popular is because the production has done so well. But it is obvious they do have a really high budget for this movie because this is one that was, um, I think this was like right after James Wan and the Saw franchise had started. So this was one like he had kind of proven his worth and he was granted like a bigger budget. So
1: yeah, I think that's actually two things two things that you mentioned are actually two things of note that I made. Um, and I think the filter, like you were talking about the, the color grading on this is something that stands out. Um, Mm -hmm. because I think in most like horror now they try to do like very dramatic colors, um, Mm -hmm. very crisp. And in this one, it had this very like flat, almost like gray feeling Mm -hmm. to it. And I think Another thing that definitely impacts the production and the atmosphere is that I think this is the first movie that introduced the idea of like long hallways and shooting big scenes and you having to watch the background, watch Mm -hmm. every part of the shot to see if there's something going on. And this is the first movie that I remember actually having to be aware of everything that's going on. Um, of course, you have movies that have since like taken that idea and ran with it. But this is, I think, the most impactful in that way because you are constantly watching to see if you're going to miss something or make sure you're not going to miss something.
0: Yeah, and I think that um, this is a movie where you are constantly like learning more each time you watch it. Every viewing, you're getting a different... Not a different experience, but another perspective, like another layer on top of what they were really going for. Um, And I'm just, let me just fangirl for a minute. Um, This is written by uh, Lee Wanell, who I love very much. He wrote the Saw franchise, one of my favorite in the whole world. Um, And I feel like his writing is so good. And he makes very consumable stories. Like, I feel like he really understands the horror genre. Um, I know we really weren't going to touch much on, like, the writing, but I feel like that's something that's really important to talk about within, like, this movie in particular, because I feel like the story is super emotional, but it's not at the same time. Like, I feel like because of the way that everything is shot, not only do you have to watch each shot – you know, to make sure you're not missing anything. But you also have to watch, like, with the writing. And you have to really pay attention to the story and, like, the storytelling and how this entire story is is coming together and the different pieces that kind of um, make it the full picture. You know what I'm saying? Like, I feel like... Lee Wannell in general just does a fantastic job at creating intricate stories and he's a fantastic storyteller. And I also love that he, he does have a role in this movie, just like he did this all franchise. So
1: I agree. I think one of the largest parts of this movie is the mother's role in the movie because she is your main point of view. Uh, the, the, the individual that's being haunted or the the person that started it um, is not even really a main focus. He is in a coma, so we have scenes of him in the background or we have scenes of him like being taken care of. But mostly we are following the mother's day-to-day, her attempts to take care of this child, dealing with the grief of having a sick child, taking care of her other children, uh, and in addition to having her own career. And so when things start going south, she feels very isolated because mm-hmm. she can't help her son. Her husband doesn't believe her. And so everything that's happening feels more impactful because she's experiencing it at an emotionally heightened state.
0: Yeah. So Ashley, what was your favorite like scene in this entire first movie? So I think the two that impacted
1: me the most is obviously the iconic seance scene um, mm-hmm. with Elise. And you see... Their son get out of bed, and basically like are throwing people around the room and all that kind of stuff. So that yeah. is a standout scene for me. But I think one of the scenes that genuinely creeped me out because I'm, I'm unlike Tamika, <laughs> I am not I am not impacted in any way by paranormal movies. They don't scare me. They don't creep. Like I don't have any emotional feelings towards them. Um so. The one scene in this movie that genuinely gave me the creeps is the scene where she is laying in bed and she's asleep and she wakes up because in the windows, like on her balcony, there's someone walking back and forth, back and forth. And then she starts to freak out and then suddenly he's inside the house. I don't think it's necessarily because of like the paranormal aspect, but that's just the type of horror that scares me is like the idea of someone breaking into your house. So even though it's paranormal, it hit the levels of like the, almost the violation of someone coming into your safe space.
0: Yeah, no, I get that. Um, So for me, the scariest part or well, let me rephrase that. Um, The whole thing was scary. Uh, (laughs) I, I do not like paranormal. Do not give that to me, please. Thank you. Um, I got jump scared so many times because the demon's face is absolutely terrifying and I will die on that hill. Mm-hmm. Um, if you are scared of paranormal at all, you, you, you agree with me. Um, but the thing, the, the scene I love the most is the any, any of the scenes with Tiptoe Through the Tulips. I love Tiptoe Through the Tulips. It is creepy, it is ominous, and it just makes, it gives me the chills every time i hear it and i love it i love everything about that um so two scenes in particular that really stand out are the scenes with the um the boy putting the song on the radio or not on the radio on the what was it a, was it a record player i think it was a record player yes um and then the scene where we are in the further which is where the little boy has traveled to. Uh, I really don't feel like we've talked a lot about like what actually happens in the movie. So just for context, if if you've not watched it uh, when he travels into the further and the dad is trying to get him from the demon um, and the tip throw through through the tulips. Oh my God, can I speak (laughs) when the tip throw through the tulips song is playing and the demon is like sharpening its claws. uh, That scene is one of my favorites. I feel like that's a a cop-out answer, but it's not necessarily because of like, the action happening it is the creepiness of that song and what it does to add tension to the scenes um those are two of my favorite scenes in the movie
1: i will agree i think that last scene with uh when he's sharpening his claws and he's trying to unchain his son and his son looks up and he's like he's watching us and then it cuts to him the demon like leaning against the windows like mm-hmm. looking down at them yeah that's super creepy
0: yeah, I, I think it's it's really well done, too, because can you imagine being in that situation where you're trying to save someone and, and that's what you're having to deal with? I just feel like it's, I don't know, I, I feel like it's really creepy and it's, I feel like even if you don't get scared by paranormal stuff, I feel like you can still be creeped out by that because of the situation. Like if right. you put yourself in those shoes of that person, it's it's creepy. I do would I would like to talk about how we um, how the wife is like calling for him to come back while he's in the further. and like all the ghosts take that as an invitation, which is this is the only complaint I had with this entire movie. Uh, <laughs> this is the only complaint I really have is at the beginning we have this idea that it takes a lot of energy to get them from the further to the um, the body of the person and they have to like it takes a lot of time so I didn't understand how all those ghosts I'm gonna call them ghosts spirits whatever they are how they were able to get so close to his unconscious body
1: I I mean I agree I think at that point it was it was almost like an attempt to make everything as scary as possible. Um, because it was such like a, it was supposed to be such an impactful moment mm-hmm. for me. I didn't really find that to be that scary. Like it didn't have the effect I think on me that it was attempting to have. Honestly, the, the creepiest part of the ending scene, the the further scenes for me is when he's going through the house and he's seeing all of the people that are alive, but are like stuck in, in place and they're like blinking and they're breathing. And like, that's creepy to me. I didn't really find them like trying to wade through the crowd of ghosts and all that. Like I didn't really, that didn't really have an impact on me, but seeing something that is supposed to be in motion, like seem supposed to have a life or some semblance of a life uh, being so like Still and just like the, the smiles and the sounds, it just it creeped me out.
0: Yeah, no, I agree with that. I didn't find the ending scene to be scary the way they had wanted. Um, I feel like it kind of took me out of the story a little bit because of the continuity issues. Um, which, I mean, that that's something that I feel like that's something that you're gonna nitpick like nitpick about, like if you watch a lot of horror or you are a big horror fan. Uh, I feel like that's something you catch, but I don't feel like someone who's just a casual horror watcher is going to pick up on that, you know? Right. Um, so I feel like it, it did achieve what they were going for, unless you are someone who's like, like you're a critic of it, and you're like, what, what is that? What are you doing? <laughs> like, right. Um, I don't want to spoil everything in the movie because there is one more thing that I, I would complain about. Um, do we have any other any other thoughts on like? the creepiness or, or any of the atmosphere uh, before we jump into like the ending of it.
1: I will say a complaint that I have is where did the kids go? Like where'd the other two kids go? There was two. I thought there was just one other kid. There's, there's the son and then the baby. Foster oh. and Callie. After the initial scene, like after the seance scene, when Elise comes in, they're never in the movie again. They never mention them again. Like, they'll even have scenes in their bedroom, but the kids aren't there. Like, there's no mention of where they are or anything. Like, they're just gone.
0: Oh, uh, they do mention that um, Lorraine, Lorraine, I think that's her name, the the father's mom, uh, is watching the baby. And then they have the boy in a hospital bed in a different room. But
1: the mother is there. Yeah. Lorraine is at the house with them. So how is she watching the baby?
0: You are right. I don't know.
1: And I also feel like if you're conducting a whole seance where your kids throwing you around the house and <laughs> all these ghosts are trying to grab your husband's body like that kid is not going to stay in his room. Just because you tell him to stay in his room doesn't mean he's going to, you know, like the not the one that's in the hospital bed, but the other one. I forgot there was another one. Yeah, there's another son. His name is Foster.
0: Okay, he's like younger. I'll- Okay, cool. I'm glad that I uh, paid that much attention to know that there were three children and not Hon- two.
1: Honestly, I forgot that there was two other children besides the kid that goes into the coma. Because I remembered coma kid, as we'll call him. <laughs> <Coma> <laughs> but, kid. I, but I didn't remember the baby or the other son
0: until I saw him in the movie and was like, what is this? I like I, that you even remembered them when you saw them because I I just completely brushed over another kid.
1: Yeah, well, they
0: – so did the producers, so – <laughs> you correct on that one um you know what i can't even say no james swan slander because uh, fair fair point <laughs> <laughs> i feel like this movie does something really well and that is the uh, jump scares and also the um, atmosphere uh the jump scares were placed i feel like perfectly because there weren't as many as you would think and i also felt like the jump scares were like placed well where you like you were almost expecting it and then you weren't you're like no they're not gonna do that and then they do it anyway so like even though they were in some obvious places they weren't obvious jump scares
1: see i don't get jump scared by this kind of stuff It's hard. It's very hard to jump scare me. So I can't really attest to the jump scare aspect but Mm -hmm. I definitely agree that the atmosphere is perfectly done. And we briefly touched on it earlier but because the movie is so involved in everything that you're seeing and hearing Mm -hmm. and you have to pay so much attention, it's very immersive. Like The idea that even if the demon or a ghost is not even in the scene the idea that it could be there and you just didn't see it is very like exhausting but in a good way. Like you yeah. you're just pulled into the story and you have to pay attention
0: to it. Mhm. No, I agree with you. I think that it's one of the strongest factors of this movie is how immersive it is and how how interesting it is. Um I do I would do want to touch on um, our woman in black. I don't know what her actual name is in this um i think they do just call her like the woman in black whatever the woman is um Mm -hmm. and we we will get into spoiler territory with this because i mean i don't know how we're not going to get into spoiler territory talking about the end of the movie but the one thing that kind of bothered me was you know we know that the son has or not the son like the boy in the coma but the father so the father of of that boy he had the same issue as his son does and he was an astral projector too um but they talk so in depth about needing to get close to the, the person and having all that energy. And I think this goes back to the continuity thing that I had an issue with, but I have a real issue with the continuity of the woman being able to take him over as easily as she does. And I also have an issue with the way he acted about the whole thing. Cause like, I understand like he's screaming at her and like whatever, because he's like, you, you're not going to get me or whatever. But also at the same time, like, you're wasting valuable time. Why are you yelling at a ghost or a demon or whatever the fuck she is when you could be getting back to your body where she literally cannot touch you?
1: I agree. And I think this is is an issue that I had when I watched it earlier is they don't do a good job of explaining the, like, astral walking or whatever they call it because – If the idea is that he passed it on to his son, why is his son just now experiencing this? They don't they don't do a good enough job of explaining what triggered the dad to begin with, like why why he started to see the woman in black Mm -hmm. and why the son now it just now started now. Yeah, Like, they they don't do a good job of, like, explaining anything in relation to that. Like, how are they connected? How are these ghosts getting to him? Just because he can walk into their realm, how are they able to possess him easier? Like, they don't explain anything like that. Yeah. Um, So, I, I just think it was... And and the idea that like you had this whole other like you have the ability to go into essentially what you could perceive as a demon realm mm-hmm. and interact with demons and ghosts
0: and his reaction was just like oh okay but it's you just, wouldn't have bad dreams about that like that would be like um, nightmares nightmare fuel right and like, how
1: ex- how exactly did they suppress. His ability to do this because ostensibly this is just happening to him like it's not something that he's seeking out like the son didn't seek it out it just happened to him so that you would assume that it happened the same way to his dad yeah so how did she suppress the ability of the ghost to come and interact with him or try to possess him or sap his energy
0: Yeah. um, I feel like this story in general has a lot of continuity issues because it doesn't make any sense on on that aspect. Like, I don't I agree with you. I don't think it makes like logical sense there because it's just like it's not lining up of, you know, this is what this one does. And and this is why um, and this is how they're able to project things and how they were able to suppress it. And it's just like they threw stuff at a wall and they were like, that sounds good. Let's do that. And, like, when I say I think this is one of the best paranormal movies ever, I don't actually mean, like, one of the best paranormal movies ever. I mean, right. enjoyment-wise, this is a fucking good movie. <laughs> like, it's right. a very enjoyable movie. But you start tearing into it, and it like it falls apart in places. Um, and I don't think that's bad on necessarily <clears throat> the writers or the director's part with – because I think they achieved what they were trying to achieve – But yeah, if you or someone who like digs into it, you're going to be like, what was that? Like, why did why was that decision made? Um, And that's why I feel like this movie is so popular. I know I said that earlier, but this movie is so popular because it is so consumable. And until you start really digging into it, you don't really see the flaws. Right. And I think
1: that's kind of what they were going for. Like, I think their intention was twofold with the the inclusion of this astral projection or whatever. Mm. One was to possibly set up a sequel because we know that in the sequel, it's explored more. The mm. idea is explored more. Yeah. Um, And it's also an attempt to make an interesting enough backstory without it having to be explained so that the general audience can watch it, really enjoy it, think, hey, that's a good idea, but not actually have to, like, put any effort into thinking about the logistics of it.
0: Yeah. No, I agree 100%. All right. So I
1: think we've pretty much talked about everything we wanted to talk about. So I guess my question for you, Tamika, is would you recommend this and would you or are you interested... or or excited in continuing the the series?
0: Um, I feel like (laughs) my answer is very obvious. I absolutely recommend the series. Um, I love Insidious. It is one of my favorite horrors that I've ever watched. Does it have flaws? Absolutely. But in the sense of I love bad things, I love bad books, and I love bad movies, and (laughs) I stand by that opinion. Um, I feel like it's a really solid movie, and if you like horror and you like conventional horror and very popular mainstream, I think you're going to enjoy this. I think you're going to have a good time. And as long as you don't put too much thought into it, or even if you can put a lot of thought into it and you don't really, you know, you don't really mind having, you know, not everything line up perfectly and you just want it for the enjoyment factor. Absolutely. I think you should watch this movie. I think the average person would love this. Do I think that the average horror lover would love this? No, (laughs) I (laughs) I feel like it falls apart. And I feel like the people who are watching this or who are listening to our podcast are avid horror lovers. So I feel like they probably think that this movie falls apart too, unless they are watching it from the perspective of this is for pure enjoyment only and they can look past all the issues. And I'm absolutely going to be rewatching the rest of the ser- The rest of the series, uh, I'm going to start right after we finish that, uh, recording this podcast. Actually, <laughs> right. Ashley, would you uh, would you continue watching it, or would you recommend it to other people?
1: I would recommend it. I think, like you said, it's very consumable, and I think it's a good little like throwaway movie. And I don't want to, I don't mean that in like a bad way, but it's one of those movies where like it's a date night or you want to just watch it with some friends and have some fun and have some scares. Like it's a good movie mm-hmm. for someone like me who doesn't necessarily think that paranormal is scary. It might not work, but I'm not the common, <laughs> I'm not the common horror watcher. So I would definitely recommend. And as far as continuing, uh I'll probably end up continuing. <laughs>
0: do you think i could force you to just do one just let's do an episode on every one of the movies uh, probably i mean okay. i mean i'm easily influenced <laughs> when it comes to horror i'm also very easily influenced uh so i feel you thank
1: you for listening to it's a scream a horror podcast you can find links for all the things we talked about in the show notes make sure to follow us at it's a scream podcast on instagram and if you enjoyed the episode make sure you leave a review